As Michael prepares himself, let's pray. Extend your hands and your hearts towards him. Thank you, Father. You're a good God. And you do all things well. Thank you that we can bring Michael to you as your servant. Thank you for his life and we thank you for his ministry. We thank you for the word that you've played in his heart that he delivers today. Thank you, Father, that it shall be an inspiring word, an enlightening word, a saving word. I pray that our hearts will be open that we may receive what you want to say to us. Because your words are spirit and they are mine. So we surrender to your word, to your will, so that we may be changed, so that we may be delivered. Thank you, Father, you will transform us this day as we receive your word and as we live your word. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. together. I had to do a lot of listening and after a lot of promising and false starts with a lot of bleating, help, you know, I had the impression that the Lord was saying, keep it simple, this, so this. And I was reminded that in the feeding of the 5,000 the bread provided by the disciples came from the Lord's own hand and by his power. And it is ever so. It wasn't for them to question the type of bread or seek something other, but just to give in simplicity what he gave. The point being, it's the Lord upon whom we all depend. All the scriptures are from the New Living Translation. And after each scripture, I'm going to pause for a short time to help with our digestion of the scripture itself. It will be useful if you make use of your Bible or of an app. Um, it's good to see as well as to hear the word of God. It's good to have it before your eyes. I'm sure that um, nothing will be new to many of you, but here we go. Biblical meditation has nothing in common with other forms of meditation prevailing in the world. It is meditation on the inspired and living word of the one true God. And hence, 
is directed and focused on him, not on the self. It does not look within, nor to any feelings of peace or personal well-being, but merely seeks to listen to and drink from the water of the word of life. Wide in scope, it interacts with the Holy Spirit himself. Scripture, as we all know, is the Word of God, containing the accurate communication and revelation of the being, personhood, and character of God Himself. And by that revelation, bringing life to us in and through Jesus, who is Himself the Word of God, co-equal and co-eternal, truly God, truly man. I'm going to read from John 1, 1 to 4. And then I'm going to pause just for a little while afterwards so that we really get to grips with the word. It's very familiar to us. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light, life to everyone. The scripture is utterly without equivocation. Jesus is God incarnate and pre-incarnate. Going to go to Hebrews 1, 2 and 3. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son he created the universe. Everything there is. The Son radiates God's own glory, the same glory, and expresses the very character of God the same character and sustains everything by the mighty power of his command the same power and authority equality reading scripture to ourselves aloud slowly carefully 
hearing our voices in our ears and minds and absorbing it in our own hearts, listening intently with our whole being and concentration is a ministry to ourselves of deep value and worth, biblical meditation involving almost our whole being. <coughs> when we read it to others, it is also a profound ministry to us and to them. It is always the Word of God and should be treated and ministered as such. Through it He speaks to us and we learn His ways. He communicates His mind his plans and his power for he is fully behind his word our mouths speak his inspired word our ears hear and our spirit receives from him his word and character are one to doubt the word is to doubt God personally. What he says, declares, or teaches is true. What he says about the world, life, and everything else including you and I is what he says it is. You are who he says you are and you can do what he says you can do if you believe and trust. His word imbibed into our being, drunk from, taking in, is powerful to build that faith and trust. Biblical meditation is not a study, but drinking from the word of God and allowing it to speak to us personally. 1 Timothy 3, 16, 17 All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I think I'll read that again. So good. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. And it's very plain as well. To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. His word, scripture, is the tool. If we need to be taught what is true, it's obvious that we of ourselves don't know what is true. Of ourselves, 
we are ignorant of real truth. And real truth does not lie within us, but must come from outside by revelation. And this through and from the word of God. All the more reason to drink deeply and often. The word imbibed brings us a conscious awareness of the wrongness and corruption within and exposes our need for repentance and salvation. It makes crooked people straight if we will but avail, us, avail ourselves of it with regularity and consistency. It brings a new way of life, a real change, and makes us no longer useless, but useful for every good work. As we submit ourselves voluntarily to it, it's always volitional, a deliberate choice, and always an individual choice. No one can make it for me. <coughs> Do I want God to actually change me? He is willing and utterly able. But how willing am I? And how much, if I don't take in the word, or not very much of it, can I actually see my need for change? listening personally to the word itself, myself, equips me to become a doer of the word. If I don't listen, I'm not equipped or able to do. <clears throat> James 1.22 But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourself. These are both things, listening and doing, that we must apply ourselves to and do, hear and act on what is heard. And in so doing, Allow God to change us that we may follow in the shadow of Jesus. We are able. The tool of God, the Word, is at our fingertips, placed in our hands and open to our eyes and ears, and, if we will have it, in our mouths. Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will put my spirit in you, so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And I will put my spirit in you, so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Promise.
Acts 2.38 Peter replied Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Fulfillment. I think it might be true to say that we have repented. I think it might be true to say that we have been baptized. I think it might be true to say that we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We have all that we need in every way for holiness, godly living and walking in the shadow of Jesus. Are we instructed? Yes. Are we enabled? Yes. Are we empowered? Yes. Do we have the tool, the word? Yes. <clears throat> there are many forms in the world and even in areas of the church, methods of such of this and that, feel good factors of what is called meditation. But the only true meditation is biblical. To fill our minds with the word, to ponder, to chew, to swallow, to digest, to eat at the table of the word of the Lord is the only one of eternal benefit and true profit to our whole being. For today, for tomorrow, and for the future. It's his tool, the word, to change us. It's his tool to reveal himself to us. His tool to draw us into his ways and grow us in his kingdom as his own peculiar people, reflecting his image and likeness. Take time with him. Take time with his word. Let us let and invite the Holy Spirit to apply it to our own individual lives. 1 Timothy 6.11 But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. When Paul wrote that to Timothy, Timothy was over 40 years of age. He'd been a believer for many years, yet he still needed this instruction. This is written for our instruction. It says, pursue all these things as against the pursuits of the world. Timothy had to be told, encouraged, and reminded 
and so does each and every one of us. The things to avoid, the things to embrace, is written down for our benefit. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Hebrews 4.13, which is the next verse. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. He can see where we cannot see. And he can see what we cannot see. And his word is his ministry to us of that knowledge which is rightly only his, but which he shares with us gratuitously for our blessing and benefit to draw us from the darkness of our ignorance into life with him. Psalm 43, verse 3. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain and to the place where you dwell. Sent from God to lead us and bring us to abide with him in his presence, light and truth, the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. We cannot say, I don't know the way to go. I have no knowledge. We have his word and his spirit. We cannot say, I don't know how to do it. We have his word and spirit to instruct and equip and enable. I'm not going to say much more actually. But to close with then. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builder is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. So let us build with the Lord on his word and dwell in the city not made with human hands. And let us not forget the price paid for us to enable all that we have and are offered and promised in the word.
Let us with gratitude make use of his gracious generosity. Isaiah 53, 4. For he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. We are a rich and blessed people. Let us follow in the paths of our God. And just a final little scripture. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long, <coughs> long ago. Okay. <coughs>